Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to Help I Sexted My Boss, the podcast where we help you navigate the challenges of modern life. Answering your 21st century questions. I'm really breathy. It's because you've just eaten chocolate. Is that what it is? Chocolate puts a film on your voice. I mean, it was completely the wrong thing for us to do. Oh, is that what it does? One of our lovely listeners, as we mentioned a few weeks ago, sent us in some chocolate. There was a bar hanging around the studio. We've eaten some and now we've got a chocolatey film on our voice. Stop. Okay, we had a whole bar. Stop fat shaming. But ben. we gave you a finger. Shame about the chocolate. <laughs> uh, like, what should you do if I find my partner dressed as the Easter bunny in bed while suggestively holding a carrot? I don't think it's a carrot. Wow. Cat as an Easter bunny. Mm. <laughs> and are lava lamps still cool? I think lava lamps will always be cool. Really? Yeah. Mm, I don't think so. I'm not loud in my new house. And um, what should you do if you've accidentally sexted your boss? But you're not. You, we're not usual agony answer. Are we William Hansen, the UK's leading etiquette expert? No, we're not. Jordan North, radio and television presenter. I'm more royalty. You're more reality. And that's from Francis. I'll get that. Reality TV. Well, you you have done. I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. Oh, okay. So that's why Francis yeah, wrote nice that. Post a drink. Post a drink. Oh, let's, let's have a drink. Have a drink. <laughs> no more for the you. Gin. Just, it's quiet. Oh, that was a big one. That was a big one. You've had a good week. I'm sorry, but arse jokes will never get funny. Yes, I uh, would never agree not, with that. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. Arse jokes will never not get funny. Right. So there's our signature drink. Who are we Can toasting? We, what's, who should we toast? Well, you know, I had my friend Rick here. Oh, yes. Week to go and watch Cortina. It's fantastic. Yes. I forgot their anniversary. The um, Cortinas? no. Rick and Naomi. Oh. I was best man at the wedding. Okay. So I forgot the anniversary. You forgot that. And, what, and yeah. which anniversary I, I was it? I always forget the kids' dates, birthdays as well. Okay. So. Wh- which anniversary? Fifth. Fifth? Woods. Wood. Oh, same as ours. Yes. Shit. No, did, did, did Rick or did Naomi get wood? No. <laughs> Apparently so. Okay. Um, right. I've just realised this. Yes. So... Actually, the, the, week, the week they got married was the week the podcast came out. I remember. Gosh. Yeah. And it was the stag do, was it? And, and, the, and the stag, stag do that you came back from. When we from. recorded the first one. And it anyway. sounded like this. 
to Rick and Naomi. Happy Rick and Naomi. My friends. And to all our Gene Divas. Yes. As always. Anyone celebrating the fifth anniversary. Yeah. Mm. Delish. Mm-mm-mm. As always, if you need our help with something, then we would love it if you got in touch. You can send your tales of trepidation to help at sextomyboss.com. <laughs> You're in a funny mood. I am. Mm. Or you can tweet us or send us a message on Instagram at sextomyboss. Or you can write to William Hanson, who promises a handwritten reply on his own letter paper. The address is on the website, sextonmyboss.com. Or you can write to William, who promises a handwritten reply on his own letter to paper. The address is on the website, sextonmyboss.com. I've got a question for you. Shoot. Do you think my socks are problematic? Why? So I have a very comfortable pair of, well, navy is the base colour, but they've got the union flag on, union flag socks. And I always seem to be wearing them when I am going to the gym. And you know what my gym's like? It's quite a, it's quite a liberal gym environment. Yeah, but you still wear. But I've noticed people giving me funny looks when I'm in the changing room and I've got my socks on. They can see them. And nothing else. Well, I'm wearing other stuff, Ben. And they're just looking at them a bit weird. Okay, a couple of questions here. Yes. A uh, couple of points here. Mm. First of all, not wrong with that, but... Nigel Farage definitely wears Union Jack. I mean, socks. Definitely. Yes, yes, that's not where, wrong with that. No, like, not, you should be proud of your, you know. Well, yes, you should be proud of your country, but in Britain, sort of, we're proud, but in a very quiet way. Yeah, it's very British, isn't it? Yes. Um, second thing, why don't you just wear sports socks to the gym? No, 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 I do. No, no, but I'm turning up in my normal clothes, and then I'm when I'm changing. Who sees them? The people in the changing room. Oh, okay. I'm not walking, I'm not on the treadmill in socks. I think you're overthinking it here. I've just noticed a few times people looking at me as if to go, oh, I'd my be God, more worried about spot the fascist. <laughs> no, I'd be more worried about the Union Jack you've got waving outside your window and the Staffordshire Bull Terrier <laughs> shitting all over your front garden <laughs> than your socks, to be okay, fair. Okay, fine. And before you start, I had a Staffy when I grow up. There's nothing wrong with Staffies, I know. Last time I mentioned the Staffordshire Bull Terrier. Oh, did it? Did it kick mm. off? Yeah. Do you remember what our Staffy was called? Rex. Claret. Claret, of course. Sorry. <laughs> I, would have, I would have got there. <laughs> uh, do you remember Claret? No. No, I don't think right. I need Claret. Anyway. Claret. Claret. Oh, nice. Yeah. What colour was Claret? Uh, she was black. <laughs> she wasn't Claret. No. Oh, she, you yeah. could have dyed her. Yeah, she was beautiful. Gorgeous. Nice. Dog, but she was very... she gentle temperament? No. <laughs> no. Shock. <laughs> Nope, nope, nope. Anyway. Okay. What um, socks have you got on today? So I've gone for a plain navy. Do you know what, what I've got on? I Ooh, just realised today. Gosh. Right, so I went to a wedding. Oh, whose wedding were I went to? And my friend Cannon. Yes. His partner, Jen. Right. Gave me a pair of her kid's socks because I had some horrible socks on for a wedding. Whose wedding were that? Anyway, she gave me these socks. So I put them on today. Still got them. Okay. There you go. Ben, what colour socks? Oh, Ben hasn't got socks on. He hasn't worn socks since 2008. Hackney. Yeah. He's, he's in navy as well. <laughs> no, are they black? Are they black? Well, there we go. Sock chat. Anyway, how's your week been? <sighs> it's difficult at the moment at home because Mikey has developed a new hobby. Mikey slash Anne Boleyn. See last week's episode. He has... Actually, Ben has taken up this hobby as well. He's into... I don't know what you call it. Well, photography, but not photography on a digital camera. Photography on a camera that they used to have back in the day on film camera. Oh. It's gone a bit hipster. Okay. So we're doing, and every time we're out somewhere and we're taking a photograph, 
just takes forever to take a photograph because we have to get the exposure settings right. We have to do the ISO, whatever that is. Ugh. And it just, it's so, you forget how easy it is taking a photograph now, particularly on your phones. It's just stand there, press the button, go, move on. And there's a reason why we don't use old-fashioned cameras. In my opinion, yes. However, Mike is saying it is teaching him a lot about photography in general because he's sort of having to go back to basics. So that's fine. However, this is where I have a problem. The film. So the old, you know, the old-fashioned film that you'd put in cameras. Yeah. That's fine. I mean, it's expensive, but it's it's fine. He, you know, he just very inflammatory. It's what? Very inflammatory. No, that means he's starting. You out. mean very flam flammable? Yes. So be careful. Right. That. Okay. Well, there's no danger of it going up in flames because do you know where he? Do you know where he's keeping it? Because apparently this is what you do. We keep it in the fridge. Yeah. I was just going to say we used to do that in the nineties. Used to put those little black thing that used to come in little black kit. You put it in the fridge. It's ridiculous. It keeps it. I've got film. Next to the next to the eggs and the milk in the fridge in a little box. On, I mean, I won't put it on your dairy shelf. Which shelf do you put it on? The film shelf with the meat. <laughs> no, put it in with your condiments. I don't keep con. Why? Well, some condiments are in the fridge. Some are in the cupboard. Put it in the set. Where would that's so that's so weird? I just remembered that we used to do that back in old days. You used to put it in the fridge because what? It's why did you put it in fridge? It's taking up valuable fridge space. I don't have one of those huge American sort of fridges that go on for days. It's just one one fridge. And I've got film in it. Oh, darling, I've just come back from the shops. I've got some raw chicken breasts. Where shall I put this? In your camera bag, perhaps? Why <laughs> oh, did I open up the, the fridge and help myself to a nice Kodak crisp? <laughs> it's pathetic. Store it in the camera bag. No, because don't you have to keep it cool? I don't care. You see, if you have a digital camera, it's a memory card. You can keep it in the camera. And has this is where I draw the, the line. Has he been using the bathroom as the... As, as the a, photography as studio. A dark room? No. Has he not? There are other dark rooms you can... Oh, I bet there is. I've been using the, uh, the dungeon. Have you? That's what they're doing in all those rooms in Soho. They're developing film. Yeah. I wondered what they were doing. Well... Some of them have got very big lenses. So he's into that. What? How big are the film cases? Well, no, we have... A, so there's a container that they sit in, and it's the container that's then kept in the fridge. Okay. It's ridiculous. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if there are any sort of budding photographers listening to this that use film, but it's. I think it's a little bit weird. Do you have to keep it in the fridge? As, have you been using them to take some pictures? Some what? Yeah. No, don't be ridiculous. Have you got... What are those... Um... I can imagine you having a few of those stashed in your bedside table. What? Like Jeffrey Dahmer. Little, what they call, pol pol Polaroid pictures. And you... you mean a Polaroid camera? Yeah, do you have a Polaroid camera for when you're having sex? No, I do not. Ka-ching. Oh, no, ka What's a camera, mate? Yeah, I think is better, yeah. Yeah. How weird that you think that that's what we do. I've got a Polaroid of me and a chair. <laughs> <laughs> Doing what? <laughs> when I interviewed him, it's really cool. Were you being taken up the castle on the hill? No. <laughs> Very good. It's the only one I could think of. Very good. No, he's giving me his 80. So <laughs> it was rough to hide my jokes. Okay. <laughs> I think I need some time off. My jokes have not been on, on par at the moment. No. No. Yeah. Anyway, what else has been going on? Tell everyone about your mum. Tell everyone about that text. Well, no. 
Please. So obviously a few weeks ago, James uh, and a lot of other of his BBC local radio colleagues who interviewed our former Prime Minister Liz Truss, remember her? Mm-hmm. Just about. And James did some interviews with her back in September. Uh, whippity, whippity, whoa. So we've got, um, whippity, whippity. Uh, I can't do it. I feel tight. Has he heard him yet? Oh, yeah. We've got uh, Prime Minister, whippity, whoo, uh, Liz Truss, whippity, whoo. So... Uh, James did the uh, did, did the interview and it got picked up and, and did very, very well. And the Broadcasting Press Guild, I think, uh, have given James and nine of his uh, colleagues who also did the interviews an award. And obviously that's fantastic and very well deserved. And there was a group text that went around the family which ended from a certain parent ending with, We'll have champagne tonight. <laughs> she actually texts that. And you said my impression... She doesn't even like champagne. You said my impression is nothing like her. No, but now it, I think art is becoming life. Or life is imitating art. We will have champagne, champagne all round. My James has won a top broadcasting award for his show on BBC Radio Bristol's darling. Champagne, champagne all around. I know I take the mic out of him. James is a very good broadcaster. He is. And, and, well, clearly he's, he's been awarded. Mm. He's been certificated. So that's good. But no, I, I do believe my mother goes on about my achievements to other people. She? She, I mean, it would be ridiculous if I phoned her up and she just sort of fluffed my ego and just sort of said, oh, darling, I'm so proud of you. And she probably doesn't say any of this to James. She just says it to me. Yeah. Wendy does with me. <laughs> does she? Yes, but that's because she wants a new kitchen out of it. Yeah, that's so. true. Yeah. So there's there's an agenda. Um, anyway, how's your week been? Yeah, good. By the time this episode goes out, I'll be in Florida. Will you? Mm-hmm. Okay. What are you doing in Florida, Jordan? I'm there for uh, the final episode of Ant and Dex Saturday Night Takeaway. Saturday. Lovely. Yeah. And, and you're going to Disney? Uh, no, Orlando. Universal. 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 Yeah, Universal. Okay. So, yeah. I've been to Florida. I, I, you but you'll do a day at Disney, though. I don't know if I will. Oh, you can't not go to Disney. Well, I, with the fact of me being a 33-year-old man. Oh, that I wouldn't let that stop you. Don't believe I can go to Disney. We can go with others. I mean, it, take other people with it's you. It's funny. My dentist did say her husband went for the first time when he was 40, and he just, like, said even as a 40. 40 yeah, as a 40-year-old, he was just, like, turned it's into It's the happiest place on earth. It probably is the and, and the Orlando one is a, is a very big sight. I've told you the story before of when I went on my own to the Magic Kingdom. Yeah. This is free Mikey. So they had just expanded Fantasyland. And um, I... So I wanted to go and see it because I'm, I'm a bit of a Disney freak. If anyone wants to sort of send me messages about the new changes to Fantasmic, by the way, only a few people will understand that. Let me know. How old are you? 23. Have you seen that episode of Come Down With where she goes, I love Disney. I love Disney, really, because I'm a bit thick. <laughs> So, not sex, I like this. Okay. Okay, so you were 23. I was 23. I was a little bit overweight. In fact, I was quite a bit overweight. I was wearing an electric blue polo shirt. I had less hair than I have now. I had bright yellow shorts on. And, of course, I'm a Brit abroad. In the height of summer, I was sweating. So I looked spesh. And I'm walking around Fantasyland, and I stumble upon Belle's Magical Adventure. Which I thought, oh, it's a, it's it's what they call a dark ride. Don't get excited. A dark ride is like the Peter Pan's Flight or uh, Snow White's Scary Adventure, uh, and so you just sort of go through the story. And I thought we're going to go through on a you sit on a little cart and you go through the story of Beauty and the Beast. Well, no, you go through a mirror. Long you've got to be there. It's quite that bit's cool. And then ultimately, the cool. <laughs> 
you end up in a room. Lumiere's there on the uh, on the mantel shelf. Be yeah. Guest. Well, no, that comes in a minute. And then Belle comes out. And the trouble is, everyone else in the room is five years old with their parents. I had no child with me. I had no one else with me because the rest of my family decided to go to Epcot. Dull. So I, I wanted to go to Magic Kingdom. Epcot's amazing. You are then given a cardboard fork, plate, napkin, <laughs> and you all, in a, in a ring, go round the room singing Be Our Guest, Be Our Guest. Which, when you're holding your daughter's hand, kind of works. But when you're on your own holding a fork, it's incredibly embarrassing. And I left after that because I thought I was going to be on a register by the end of it. Did you look like a pedo? I felt very awkward. Did you feel? Did... But that said, no one looked at me that awkwardly because I'm sure they've had it before. <laughs> but Belle's Magical Adventure, do make sure you have a child with you. That's yeah. my top tip. One that you know. Yes, yeah. preferably. Yes, <laughs> don't abduct someone just so, to go on it. God. So I I went when I was twenty one to to, uh, to Florida. Okay. It was uh, it was it was it was my brother's wish from the amazing charity Wish Upon a Star. Okay. So they say to kids who are ill, like, um, what's your wish? And he said, I want, I've always wanted to go to Florida, but we, we can't afford That's it. That's a soft really side to him I hadn't considered. Brad, yeah. This is what... So How old was he at the time? He would have been... So when he, he would have been 11 when he first got diagnosed with cancer. Okay, so, I, sorry. I but we didn't go vision. until he was like 16 because he was he had to have so much treatment mm. and ended up he's well enough to go when he was 16. Wish upon a star, great chat. They really looked after us. They were fantastic. They said to, they said to Brad, oh, we can, you can be a mascot and walk out with Wayne Rooney at Man United. He said, I don't want to walk out with Wayne Rooney. I want to walk out at Burnley. It made my dad cry. Oh. Anyway, sorry, that was a bit deep, that. Um, and he walked out with Robbie Blake. But by the time he were... Uh, no, who was it? It's a really funny story. By t- again, because he was so ill, he got to be mascot. And by the time he walked out, or a few years later, he's one of his wishes come true, he were taller than Captain. <laughs> <laughs> he was. He was he's quite tall, old Brad. He was taller than Captain. He was Captain at the time. I don't think it was Robbie Blake. Anyway. Anyway, back to Florida. So we went. Yeah. And it was amazing. And and I loved I loved Harry Potter World. That was that was great. But my that's mom, not my, at Disney. That's at Universal. That's at Universal. But my mum my mum didn't know what was going on because she'd never seen any Harry Potters. No, my dad used to take us, but at Disney, I thought we were going to get kicked out. I think I've told you this story. Go on. So we were we we were we were jet lagged. Mm. First thing we did, we went to Disney, and we were we were tired, but we were waiting for the fireworks at the yes. end of that. Yeah. My mum was like, "You can't go on, you can't go on." I got to watch the fireworks, but we we're all knackered, jet lagged. So we're in this like Italian restaurant, mm. and you know all the characters around. Yes, I'm aware. So um, I thought I told you so. Uh, Goofy, Mickey and Minnie come in. There's no way to talk about your family. Right. And, and uh, Goofy's coming over. They've yeah. got the big white hands, haven't they? Goofy, Goofy's coming over. He's like, hey, like that. And my dad's eating. I'll never forget, he's eating his meatball and he's crammed. <laughs> and he, like, he's proper crammed and tired. And Goofy comes over and like, hey. And my dad just went, fuck off, Goofy. <laughs> <laughs> and Goofy's like this with his big hands going... <laughs> And my mum's going, Graham, Graham, and Goofy, because they have to stay in character, and Goofy's going. <laughs> <laughs> so 
I thought, I thought we'd, uh, I thought we'd never be asked. We, in. Maybe if you see Goofy this trip, you'll have to apologise. And then we went. Yeah, I will. And then we, <laughs> we went to uh, this guys and dolls type show, and um, I don't at know Disney. What it, no, it was in Florida. We went at night. Oh, it was away, on, away from the park. Yeah, it was on Thanksgiving, mm. and uh, it's really, it was as we were leaving, this old lady collapsed and started oh. like fainting. And, my, and someone's like, "Is anybody a doctor? Is anybody a medic?" And my my mum was pissed. She went, "My husband's sergeant major in army. His first day trained." <laughs> Graham, right, this woman's having an attack, and I promise you, right, my dad was in the car, he was revving the car up, he's going, get in fucking car, Wendy, they'll sue us round here, you can't give it, this woman's, he's going, I'm not getting sued, he's going, I've seen it, I'll tell him, she went, is she need CPR, Graham, he's going, no, they'll sue us, so we all had to jump in car whilst this lady, I never knew what happened to that lady. No. He went, no, I've seen it, on telly. you give them CPR, you crack a rib, and then before you know it, they sue you, I'm not insured. So yeah, that was my memories of Florida. Well, I hope you have different memories this time. There you go. You'll have a lovely time. Thank you. So, yeah. um, you can bring me, uh, and actually, if you go past the CVS or anything, I'll let you, you can bring me back some stuff. Oh, do you, oh, um, CVS? Yeah. Oh. It's not the person I do the podcast with. That's no, the, um, that's the, yeah, that's the, like the boots equivalent. Do you want the sleeping pills? They're not sleeping pills, but those. What ones? Melatonin. Which, oh, the. Melatonin. Oh, yeah. I always go back. If you ever go to America, uh, Gene Divas, go into the pharmacy and just get a big bag of ibuprofen, a big, a big jar of ibuprofen and paracetamol because it means you've always got them in. <laughs> Top tip for you there. No, what? Or you can go to a British drugstore and No, because you're only allowed to buy certain amounts here, aren't you? Well, you just make several trips. No, you can't because you can't do so. In America, you can get a big, big jar. I've got them in my bathroom cabinet. Anyway. Nice. So, yeah, I'll be in Florida, hopefully not offending Goofy. Yes, fingers crossed. So many stories about Florida with mum and dad. Well, we yeah, have to share them another time. Um, just Can I just talk a little bit about our book? Have we got a book coming out? We have got a book coming out. Have we got a book coming out? Yes. Gee whiz. And actually, the, the key headline in the book, that we were, when we were writing, we were like, how do we end the book? And uh, we end it because we've actually realised on a podcast called Help I Sexed My Boss, we have never discussed what to do if you sexed your boss. You're telling me in the five years and 400,000 episodes we've recorded yeah. here, we've never actually given advice on what you should you do if you've accidentally sexed your boss. Or, indeed, not accidentally sexed your boss. No, but we will be in the book. So there we go. That's... And uh, how can you pre-order the book if you want to get a signed copy and a pre-order? I think it's sexedmyboss.com slash book. Okay, uh, right. Before we go to your etymetiology, yes. can, we just, can I just read this story to you today that I read in the paper? Uh, that I thought was brilliant. Thanks to Bin Man, who helped me find Dad's ashes I'd lost on the lash. <laughs> it sounds like it sounds like some one of our listeners had sent in. Okay. So this fella went on a nine-hour pub bender uh, and left his dad's ashes in in the pub, but he wasn't meant to go to the pub. So basically, I think it's brilliant. This the thirteen. Uh, Do you want me to read it? Stan Blake. Yeah, you read it. <laughs> so to read it from there. From where? Stan Blade planned to make a TikTok video taking his late father, Stephen Jewett, on pleasure rides at Southend Pier in Essex as a final farewell. This is brilliant. But when the 39-year-old bumped into pals at his old stomping ground, he got caught up in a bar crawl <laughs> and lost the boxed-up remains on Saturday. 
After searching all the pubs he visited on his big night out, musician Stan issued a public appeal to find his dad, who died aged 60 in 2011. Yeah. Not, not got round to it quickly. And he told of his stepmom Emma Hopkins' fury after she had told him not to take the ashes from the house. Read what his stepmom said. <laughs> I fucking had those ashes for 12 years. <laughs> He basically thought, I'll make a TikTok video of my, of my dad's ashes. And then he bumped into his mates, went out on the piss and left his dad. It's brilliant. Anyway, a, a binman helped him find. I think this could be a new Disney story. Yesterday, Stan got the result he dreamed of with a call from the police. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> Read it. He told Metro, when Essex police ring you automatically, you think, uh-oh, what's this about? <laughs> but the policeman told me... Heard you've been looking for your dad's ashes. <laughs> so good. We should turn this into a film. Turns out a bin man from the council had handed it into them after finding it placed on a bin on the seafront. I'm very grateful to the man who handed them in, and it's crazy my story's gone national. Stan, who now lives in Leicester, said, My dad would think he was famous if he was still alive, and he would have loved all of this. Well, there we go. There's a nice photo of Stan holding his father's ashes. Where do you want your ashes to be spread? Um, Gloucester M4 services. Why? I don't mind north or southbound. Why? But just because they're beautiful. Have you ever been to Gloucester North M4 no. north or southbound services? I'd, it's amazing. I'd How like, about you? I'd like Turf Moor. Turf Moor. Um, where's the other place? At? The Lake District. Oh, really? Which yeah. bit of the Lake District? The Windermere or Upper Mountain. Well, I think you need to be a bit more specific. Well, just take it to Lake District, get up top of the mountain, just whiff it off. Or um, specific. I'd like you to put a bit in your tea, <laughs> so I can be inside you one more time. never been inside me. <laughs> right, should we go to the etymology? In that story, great though. Don't move on. I'm gonna, what? Yeah. You're so rude. Sorry. Oh, hang on. Funny. It's very noisy outside. Yeah, it is. You've got, oh, it's the bins, isn't it? It's always it's a probably some of his ashes. Mm. Very good. Thank you. Go on then. Um, well, after the break, I'm going to tell you, steady yourself. Why do napkins go on the left? And I'll tell you why after these messages. Please don't go and listen to Off Menu. <laughs> no, because I imagine they'll turn over. But that's meant to keep them. Oh, I just play the bloody ads. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right, Jane Davis, thanks for sticking with us. Cue the jingle, please. It's William, William, the etiquette geek. His knowledge, knowledge, is quite unique. He'll give you manners, manners, a subtle tweak. It's time for William's etiquette, etiquette, etymology of the week. Cha cha cha. Oh, thank you. Um, okay. So, why do napkins go on the left, Jordan? Why do you think napkins go on the left? I don't know. Well. Let me tell you, whether, wherever you are, whether you're at Wilton's restaurant, German Street, whether you're at a Weatherspoons, you'll always find that the napkin is placed to the left of the table setting. Um, now, napkins going way back when were incredibly expensive. Okay, they in fact they were they often, still are. Well, you no, know, but much more so now than then than now. In fact, they were often the first thing to be itemised in a will. They were that expensive. Really? Napery, yes, napery was a sign that you were you were very very, you know, au courant. You were well-to-do, so to speak. Um, the Romans used them, and you would actually bring your own to dinners. Okay. So, so bloody rude. Uh, you bring your own to dinners. And in the Middle Ages, you would actually use a communal napkin that was sewn onto the edge of the tablecloth. Oh. It's a bit grim, actually, now, if you think about it from a hygiene point of view. Anyway, later on, um, staff would have a long napkin draped over their left shoulder. You know, in some restaurants now, the maitre d', the head waiter, will have a napkin over his shoulder. Fancy restaurants, not so much sort of I've regular ones. Really? The, the waiter has a napkin over the... I thought they yeah. were bald people. Masadors? <laughs> yeah. No. They have that's one a of... red cloth, they not a white linen napkin. Jose. Sometimes they're called Jose, sometimes they're called Pedro, yeah. but they're over the, the left shoulder. And basically everything was from the left because you were right-handed. Remember what I said to you? That's what I was thinking. During yeah. our live stream, people ate with their fingers. It was very fashionable. And so because it was easier to access from the left and the napkin was on the left, you thus had the napkin So was on it on left your left side. shoulder? On your left shoulder or placed to the left. Um, so, yes, and food came in from the left the right was for eating, and so the left and the napkin on the left. Everything to the left. Remember, people were also right-handed as well, and you weren't allowed to be left-handed. And so if you were eating with your right hand, it was easier to put your right hand to your left shoulder or to the left to use a napkin rather than going to the right. Okay. So there we go. Do you think it's ever okay to put your napkin as a bib? <gasps> well, it's funny you should say that. I'm so glad you've asked that because you know the phrase making ends meet? Mm-hmm. Well, that was because in the medieval times when they wore large ruffs, you know, sort of the rig, sort of big fluffy collars. Well, yeah, they weren't yeah, yeah. That fluffy, actually. If you couldn't make ends meet, it meant you couldn't afford a napkin big enough to tie around the back and make ends meet. Oh, that's so, so interesting. So I'm it glad you asked me that. It starts off boring, but it ends up really interesting. You say that every time I do this. 
<laughs> That's really interesting. Thank you. Glad you liked it. Okay. Um, right, now, are you a loyal G&D for finding yourself wishing for a fellow sexted listener to shout... Wendy to... Can I borrow a potato peeler? And hear that in response. Well, there is one way you can solve this problem, and that's by sharing our podcast with your nearest and dearest. You can spread the love by spreading us, as it were. Uh, share this episode on WhatsApp now, and we'll just give you a few moments to yeah, do that. We think this is a really good way to share the... Just share it in your family WhatsApp group. Yeah. In, in your, your friends WhatsApp group. Yep. And just say, you guys need to listen to this. Just let's give them a minute. Well, there we go. Thank you very much. And we'll get on to your listener dilemmas, and hopefully all those new listeners will enjoy listening to these. Dear William, Jordan and EPB, wrong way around, I have an issue that requires your expertise. I had a very good friend whilst I was at university, let's call her Joanna. We lived together for three years, but just before we graduated, she got a boyfriend, and since then, all of her friends have been put on the back burner. Uh, Joanna recently invited me and other once close friends to her birthday party, which we found surprising as after some attempts at contact, she had not really spoken to us for months. She said she required a deposit from everyone coming and I explained to her in a very polite text that I was between jobs and money was rather tight. I said that I would still love to see her and that maybe I could buy her a drink somewhere instead. Joanna replied with, okay, and that our places were not guaranteed at the party as we couldn't pay the deposit. Is this for a birthday party? I think so. She later told all of us that she wanted to keep the party small and uninvited all of us on the day. My question is, what is the etiquette surrounding deposits for a party or event that you have been invited to? Is it a matter for the host to deal with or the guests that have been invited? And also, is it okay to just get tired of a friendship that was once good but's now clearly failing? Tell me about it. Or should I not give up? Thanks for the advice from Anonymous. First of all, it sounds like that, and this is a bit sad, but it sounds like that party fell through a bit and not, not everybody else paid the deposit. Yes, probably because Joanna's been quite mean to her friends. Hear me out. I think if you invite someone out for your birthday, mm. I don't think you should ask for a deposit for it. You shouldn't be no. putting a deposit down. Or is it for a meal, maybe? If it was a meal... Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's uh, just come round to my house for a bit of cake. That would be ridiculous to ask for a deposit. But some people have the, some people have birthdays every year and they make, like, a big thing of it mm. and they want to go out and expect to book work off. And it's like, no. Yeah. So um, if you can't afford it, you can't afford it, that's fine. But birthdays do. There's always someone that thinks the whole world revolves around them and... It's like their big special day. If it's birthday, just go out for a drink. Mm. Yeah, I, I would. Yeah, I don't think you can get your friends to to pay the deposit necessarily. Or if you do, you've got to be quite upfront about it. And you mention the deposit at point of invitation. So before people say yay or nay, they know that there is a financial obligation on their part. You can't go. Would you like to come to my birthday? Yes. Oh, by the way, I need ten pounds from you. For example, you mm. have to say, Would you like to come to my birthday? I need to put down a £10, but it's £10 per person, and this will get you X, Y, and Z, not just that'll get us in. Yeah. But if um, not, if you can't, if, if and, and, you know, the cost of living crisis, if, if you can't afford to do it, to, to do a birthday, you can do a birthday party that doesn't involve deposits. You can still have the attention on you. My question is, what is the etiquette surrounding deposits for a party or event that you've invited to? Is it a matter of the host deal with the guest? So the, the host has got to deal with it. I would say the host has to deal with it. Yeah, yes. and um, don't we? We talked about friendships, like running the cause. It does happen, like relationships. Friendships yes. can run the cause, not all the time, but no. And you can still cherish the the happy memories you have with Joanna in this instance, and you know think, oh well, that was nice when that happened, but we've moved on. Okay. This is from Matt. Hello, William and Jordan. 
At a recent family dinner, I complained that my iPad had stopped working after I dropped it in the bath, and that I needed one desperately for my graphic design work. My aunt and uncle kindly offered to lend theirs as they don't use it, oh. and it was only gathering dust in the sitting room. Oh. Shortly after powering on the iPad, I realised that my uncle's iCloud account was still linked and I saw his message notifications popped up. I was in no rush to unlink the account as I was required to enter his, enter his password, so I thought I could wait until I was seeing them later in the week. I then got some concerning messages from contacts prefaced with SW Jane, asked on Saturday afternoon if she could... Oh my god... Expect to see some donkey cock tonight. And SW Mike offered thanks for horny fun at checkers, along with a photo of a naked middle-aged man and woman with bodily fluids on their face. I now believe that my aunt and uncle are prolific swingers, thus explaining the SW prefix. Who's SW? Well, swingers, swingers world, slimming. Maybe it's slimming world. I don't know. We don't. We're not allowed to say swingers these days. Well, what do we call them? I think they're in open relationships. Right. Despite needing therapy, I need to know what the etiquette is in this situation. I can't return the iPad without them realizing that I'd seen all the messages. Should I just accidentally drop it in the bath again and apologize? Please help from Matt. Matt. Fair play, he's not used anonymous. So, right, he's borrowed his auntie and uncle's... iPad. Their messages are still going to the iPad. Yes. And... He has to give the iPad back because he's borrowed it. And they're in a swingers club. And now he knows. And his uncle's got a massive cock. <laughs> I do believe it's called a donkey cock. Donkey cock. What's a donkey cock? Like a horse's cock's big, but what's donkey? Is that like mid... Maybe it's smaller. A donkey cock. Mm. Wow. I mean, it, it's I, I, Matt. I'm really sorry. It's, it's you've you've done the right thing and getting I, in touch with us, but I don't think you can't tell them about it. Why save them the embarrassment, Matt? You've just got. A, I I, just I think say, I've got a pragmatic solution. Go on. I just say don't. I don't know what era or generation. I think is the word uh, iPad. It is, but let's. I hope maybe, particularly because your aunt and uncle are probably a bit older than you, maybe it's not the latest spec. So what you could do is drain the the iPad, he says hastily. You could drain the iPad, so sort of, you know, run the battery flat and say, oh, I actually couldn't, in the end, I couldn't actually use it because it's a different charger and they've changed the chargers. Um, but thank you so much. Um, hopefully you can charge it back up. That's just, what I do. It's a bit extreme. Or just log out. And Oh, is he saying how is he He can't log it? out because he has to enter the password to log uh, out. Shit. Right, I get. So his dilemma is how do I just delete the messages off the iPad? No, because that will then delete them off the iPhone. Will it? I, th I think. I oh, think. God, right. I'm with you now. Um, I need to Again, know. I don't think you need to say anything when you hand it back. I can't. About, right. about the yeah. messages. Oh, I try and delete the messages off the iPad. I, I just drain the That's battery. That's really good. Yeah, drain the battery and say... I'm I've, so sorry. I've, I've not been it. able to use it. That's really good advice. I would save some face. Obviously, you're going to be in therapy for the rest of your life. I appreciate that. But they're swingers. Keep, um, have a look as well if they've got, like, pineapple jewellery. I've seen that on Channel 4 recently. Sorry? So people that... It's not called swingers anymore. It's um, it's not called open relationships. What do they call... Um, they're in... 
poly yeah yeah polyogamous well i, I would, can't i would say that's just where you have that's where you surely is that we have multiple anyway, wives or husbands they wear it's not pompous grass they, they have um, <laughs> pompous grass yeah pampas grass oh pampas <laughs> Pompous grass. It's not pampas grass anymore. Don't tread on me. Apparently, like if if you're in the supermarket and you see someone with a pineapple in the trolley upside down, that's code. Oh my god! And but I think if I buy a pineapple, mm. I would just buy chunks. To be fair, so. <laughs> <laughs> but knowing my luck, I'd it means you want it, to be diced up. <laughs> knowing my luck, I just put it in upside down. But like throughout, like pineapple, like a little pineapple on there. Their chain and stuff, or pineapple earrings, means they're. Uh... But pineapple was a symbol of hospitality. Mm. It's, it's, it's very luxurious. That, I, bet, I bet that's why it is. Okay. Oh, I feel for you, Matt. But yeah, if you can delete the messages or drain it and say you never used it. Wow. Okay. Oh, Cassandra. It it. Oh, do you well. know what? Fair play to him. Fair play to him. Yeah. No. 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 I mean, I don't think I don't think Matt is sort of. Um, Shame. It's the fact that they are relatives, and we all like to think that our family and probably our friends, you know, it's all very. Rated PG. Yeah, I think that's more the issue. If they weren't his uncle and aunt, I think it would be a different reaction. Mm. This is from Anonymous. Dear William Jordan and EPB, I'm in a bit of a pickle. I'm seeing the kindest guy. He's just so amazing. I'm seeing the kindest guy. He's just so amazing. He treats me exactly how every girl should be treated. I can't fault his personality at all. However, he's really not hitting the right notes in the bedroom. I knew it. I knew that was coming. <laughs> I, I did. I knew that was coming. When we have sex, I can hardly feel a thing. Oh. I have tried different positions and it does absolutely nothing for me. I'm really bothered by this and it's getting to a point where I'm finding myself making excuses. I've come from a previous relationship where I wasn't treated kindly at all. So to have someone treat me like this is just what I need. So my question is, do you think I can carry on in this relationship knowing I'm not pleased sexually or is it time to call it a day? Thank you and keep up the amazing work. You provide me with so much love together. Much love, Anonymous. Um, Anonymous, like, it's not for us to tell you when to end your relationship. Mm. I wouldn't, I think you, I would com just communicate. Yes, communicate. Sex is important, it yeah. is, for, for, for both sides. So you definitely need to communicate and give him some guiding tips and stuff and maybe look into ways that he could pleasure you more. Guide his tip. Ta guide his tip, exactly. Hmm. But I don't think you need to end the relationship. I think you need to try. Yes. And you've just got to say and be honest. And it might hurt him at first and he might get a bit embarrassed, but you've just, you'll get there eventually. However, you're not quite feeling it. Even if he is a nice guy, then maybe it's lucky. You, you can remember, you can't be with someone just because they're a nice guy and all your friends and family love them. You've got to like it. It mm. sounds like you like him, but you can get over this sexual yes. hurdle. Uh, I Talk, talk, communicate. Find a safe space, make him, and, and you know, men might take that personally. Some, mm. depending on, I don't know, we know nothing about him particularly, about his personality. He might take that personally. So you've got to find a way to do it in a caring and compassionate way. Yeah. But if you want to save the relationship, and I suspect you do, Anonymous, that's yeah. my, my gut, you, you will have to do it. And hopefully the best is yet to come. Tell him what tickles your fancy and what, <laughs> you know, tell him what, how you want him to do it. And just if if it's not touching sides, just buy a massive strap on. <laughs> There's always that. Ben's got his hand up. Have you got a personal story? What? You did. You had your hand up. What's up? Try dressing gown belt. Try dressing gown. That's so serious too. <laughs> 
finally, this is from another anonymous. Hello, William and Jordan. This morning, my friend was waiting outside of my house in her car. We have lift shared for a couple of years now, and my very nosy neighbours are used to her parking her car about a foot away from the curb temporarily whilst I put my shoes on and join her. One of my neighbour's children gets collected most mornings by a minivan for school around the same time I leave. This morning, to my surprise, the bus driver was holding down the horn in an attempt to get my friend to move her car so they could turn around. Unbeknownst to my friend, who was listening to the radio. My number one issue with this is that I know a lot of people down my road work night shifts and probably don't want to be woken up to a minivan horn before 8am. However, the biggest issue I had with this was that the driver was being lazy. If the van driver had gone just 20 yards down the road, they could have turned around. Yeah. Now, bear in mind, I'm a third-year university student in the midst of finishing my dissertation. I do not have time for nasty people on a good week, and especially not this week. I confronted the driver and... Yeah, good, he sounds great, Tosser. I confronted the driver and politely informed them that we would be leaving in just a moment. She did not like this. She started arguing with me, saying my friend was blocking the road. She was not. Things escalated and in front of a van full of eight and ten-year-olds, she called me an ignorant prick. I returned the favour, calling her a lazy bitch. I stand by my words and do not regret anything I said at all, but I do feel bad for swearing in front of the children. My question is, do I go and apologise to my neighbour? I imagine the driver will tell my neighbour about the spat. I stand by what I said on how I reacted, but I feel as though I should go and clarify my actions. This neighbour moved in just under a year ago and has never introduced herself to my family or me, but we have no reason to dislike one another. Thank you, Anonymous. Yes, go around to your neighbour, just say... Totally explain. Just knock knock on and I say... I don't think you need to do no, that. No, just say, I don't know if you heard, I just wanted to let you know. And then call the school or the company and grass in the, the horrible lady. Oh, wow. Snitches get stitches, but in this case, That's... it sounds like she, she needs a telling off. She can't be calling people ignorant prick when she's got kids in back. So I'd go around to the neighbour and then go and report her to the company or the school. Definitely. No, I just wouldn't, wouldn't bother. It's unfortunate you saw in front of children... Don't do it again. There's no wrong with swearing in front of kids. I, I mean, I think it is. <laughs> My mum and dad used to swear in front of me. And look how you've turned exactly. out. Yes. I'm a polite person. Let's put it this way. My parents didn't swear in front of you've me. You've never heard And of look swear. at me. Well, I have now. And look at me. Jordan's parents swore in front of him. And look at him. Yeah, but... Parents, over to you. Yeah, but it was... When I was growing up, it was just like... It weren't effing it like... It, I were never allowed to swear at my mum and dad. I used no. to have mates... I'd have mates that used to like tell their mums to fucking shut up and stuff. God, I would have got, got battered, but like they used to swear in front of me. Okay. And not wrong with me. No. I'm shit for brains, fawn for you, that kind of thing. And I think age four that was inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, what's coming up in the weekend release, Jordan? We've been sent some more artwork. Oh, you? fantastic. Yeah. Lovely. We always, we've got very talented G&Divas. Always remember, you can listen every Tuesday and Friday. You can watch us on YouTube on Sundays, and you can share us on your socials all week. You can send your tales of trepidation to help at sexedmyboss.com. Or you can tweet us, send us a message on Instagram or any of the socials. We're at sexedmyboss. Or you can write to William, who promises a handwritten reply in his own letter to paper. The address is on the website, sexedmyboss.com. Goodbye. Thank you. Mom 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com